Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How's your week been, Matt Willis? Do you know what, mate? It's been all right. As you know, I've been growing my hair. Um, we keep talking about this, but this is what my life has become. I'm invested. I am actually very close to cutting it off. What I want to achieve is not possible. What do you want to achieve? Well, just nice hair. <laughs> I don't have nice hair. I have Krusty the Clown's hair. It's not fucking possible. So I'm going to give up. Okay. Sometimes in life, you have to choose your battles. Just give in. And this is a battle I'm never going to win. Oh, so mate. So I'm going to cut my hair off, and I apologise to anybody that's invested their time and effort into me growing my hair. Just me, basically, isn't it? Just me. And I'd just like to apologise to you, Matt, from the bottom of my heart. It's fine. It's been something to look forward to when I see you every week. It's been something to think about. Yeah. I've been talking to Sam about it quite often. I get off the Zooms, I'm like, you won't believe what Matt's hair's like this week. I know, I know. It's the only thing keeping our relationship together. <laughs> the other day, we had an argument over, this is genuinely what we had an argument over, what we would do with the cat if we won the lottery. That's what the argument was about. That's what became an argument. How? Because we basically want to go on holiday for a year and stay in amazing places and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, we've got the cat now. What do we do with the cat? And she went, well, we'd give it to my friend Eve. I was like, she's allergic to cats. She went, yeah, but you can buy this injection that's like 20 grand a year. I was like, I'm not paying fucking 20 grand a year for her to not be allergic to cats. I was like, I've just won the lottery. I'm not spunking that money. We'll just give the cat to my mum for a year. Yeah. She's like, why wouldn't you want to give my friend Eve an injection? <laughs> and I was like, that's not the argument here. And also, like, we haven't won the fucking lottery. Like, it's just this argument over nothing these are dangerous games matt yeah mate. never project what's going to happen in a false environment in a false future what i've learned is to keep my opinions to myself okay and pick my battles and so therefore projecting something that isn't actually going to happen it's not a good thing is danger that i don't need <laughs> yeah so i'm really excited about this week yeah we have vic hope on the podcast oh i love vic who we have been talking about for quite a while about getting her on she's really busy she's really busy she was doing the i'm a celebrity spin-off the daily drop we work together sometimes. It's interesting, right? In your career, you've got your jobs that are like, this is the pinnacle of my career. Yeah. Well, we do a job together. We do like the Red Bull soapbox race voiceovers together. Right. And for me, that is like the thing I look forward to. And for her, it's the thing she can just about be asked to squeeze in. <laughs> We're at the different end of each other's career spectrums. So I'm really chuffed she came to do this. Yeah, I'm really chuffed. I listen to her quite a lot on the radio as well. She's got a very good radio voice. Oh yeah, she does. And a very soothing. She's got something about her that just puts you at ease. She doesn't put me at ease at all in this episode. She's got some fucking weird stuff. She has got some weird stuff, and especially yeah. for someone who is a Cambridge graduate, which I didn't realise. Yes. You know, she's, she's quite clever. and Not clever enough to not come on this podcast and admit all this shit to us, though. Exactly. Cleverer than us. But yeah. some would argue, well, maybe you should have thought twice, Vic Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as always, if you want to hear more of Vic, you can get an extra confession from her on the Patreon, and she helps us go through some listener confessions as well. If you want to sign up to that, you just go to patreon.com forward slash WNOW, but otherwise, enjoy. 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 Here's Vic Hope. This is When No One's Watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad... Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. ...or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. You might be asking why they tell us these things, and it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's Weird Crush of the Year. And I'm Matt Willis, from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to When No One's Watching. Hello, Matt Richardson. How the devil are you? Uh, a seven and a half out of ten today. Oh, that's pretty. That's... But I think we'll end up as a ten out of ten. I'm very excited about the guest today. It's nice. I know her. I've worked with her. She's on everything, basically. So if you are in television and haven't worked with her, you're not really in the industry. Like, that's how I feel about Vic. You turn something on, you're like, oh, that's it. Why do I know that voice on that advert? Vic Hope. 
So uh, here she is, Vic Hope. How are you doing? Oh, you make me sound like a TV whore. <laughs> I'm well. I mean, it's early enough that we may be able to undo that, so... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in an hour. Yeah, let's see how this goes. How are you guys? I'm riveted. Oh! Yeah. I'm optimistic for today. That's how I feel. Are you? I feel like it's going to be a good day today. I've got a good vibe Lovely. about today. That's a good way to be. So I can't really complain. I tend to err on the side of pessimism and cynicism because then you can always be pleasantly surprised. Oh. I set the bar down here, then everything feels just fantastic. Yeah, then everything's a bonus. Oh, see, I think I'm too optimistic. Like, on the occasions I play the lottery, say, I'm always like, well, I'm going to win. So this is going to be brilliant. Yeah. I'm probably one of the only people who plays the lottery who is disappointed every single time that they haven't won £100 million. What do you need it for? What are you going to spend it on Matt look everything I mean I also like you know you want to give loads to friends and family you want to pay off mortgages and things like that Do you know what you're lying I can imagine you're going to buy a very small airline and you're going to run it <laughs> yeah that's exactly what you will do I absolutely would get a pilot's license yeah you will they're not mad expensive and I said to Sam I was like what if I got a pilot's license and when we went on holiday I'd fly us there and she's like why would I go through the stress of you flying me anywhere yeah when she could just get a real pilot I mean I would be a real pilot Vic <laughs> 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 but anyway, now, thank you very much for coming on, Vic. How do you feel about confessing the things you're going to talk about today? Well, quite nervous, actually, because what I worry about is that I am um, disgusting. OK, fine, yeah. I mean, we all worry about that a and little that bit. you're <laughs> going to know the ways in which I'm disgusting. When I last saw you and asked you to do this, you did tell me one of them straight off the bat that was really weird. Yeah, and okay. that's when I went, we definitely have to have her because this is so, the first so, one you thought of and you went, and I went, oh yeah, that's rank actually. So Is this going to be told today? Yeah. Am I going to be in yes, on this it one? Is. Fantastic. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's even the worst. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> so this is my main thing whenever I begin new relationships or go on dates is that I feel like the main task when I go on date one is to just make sure that they don't realise how disgusting I am. But eventually they will find out and I'm just going to give it all away now. But it's one of those you wait until they're so far down the line, they've put too much time and effort in. They can't go back, yeah. Right. Okay. I understand that. The other day I saw my son eat one of his bogeys. Okay. Oh, legend. Now, this is something, I knew you were going to like that, Matt. Yeah. But I saw him and I was like, <laughs> how am I going to stop this from happening? Right, because you can't be the kid that eats bogeys, right? I turned out fine. So I decided to call them nose poos. <laughs> So I said, basically, they're poos from your nose. So you're eating nose poos and it's stopped in its tracks. Really? He has since never eaten another bogey and will never. So from now on, nose poos. See? That's a good one. Good one, right? Yeah, there's only one thing that I wouldn't do and that's eat. Poo. A poo. Yeah. <laughs> that would work for me. And you know what, Vic? I think that's a reasonable place to draw the line. If that's the only thing you won't do, this podcast is going to be <laughs> fucking brilliant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can see the Sun article tomorrow about this. <laughs> Lefty champagne socialist Vic Hope, too good to eat poo or something like that. I yeah. won't eat it. I'm telling you, I won't eat poo. I would do anything for love, but, <laughs> but I, I won't, won't eat poo. poo. Yeah. <laughs> Great, fantastic. Well, you know what, though? I'm excited to see how disgusting you are, Vic, because I don't think you're a disgusting person at all, and I feel like I've known you for quite a long time. So yeah. what is your first confession, please? Okay, when no one's watching, I collect and eat the leftover fish and chicken skins from their plates. Oh. Um. Okay, so the leftover fish... Fish and chicken skins from their plates. Yeah. Elaborate. In which situation would this be? Not a stranger in a restaurant. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Although I, I did used to. You used to? Yeah, well, I used to work as a waitress in a pub. Okay. So maybe we don't eat the chicken skins and the fish skins. Do you guys like skin? I love a bit of skin. I love chicken skin, yeah. Chicken I love skin. Amazing. Fish skin, not so much. Yeah, I'm not so keen on the fish one. I'll eat salmon skin at like some posh sushi place, yeah. but chicken skin. I love that it's oily and soft and oh. Yeah. Oh no, I like crispy chicken skin. I find it fucking almost insulting if I cook something and someone takes the skin off the chicken. I'm like, Emma does that, my wife does that. I'm like, the fuck's wrong with that? It's part of, that's the good bit. Yeah, it's a good bit. We used to fight over it in my house when I was younger. Yes, same, same. We we would fight over it. We used to fight over like all sorts of, we'd fight over the chicken feet. We'd fight over the eyeballs of the fish. Wait, wait, that, wait. So whenever I watch I'm a Celeb and they're all like, oh, I've got to eat an eyeball. I'm like, but that's, that's a delicacy. <laughs> Is it? Is that why you've never gone into I'm a Celeb? Because you've gone for a meeting and yeah. you're like, um, yeah, but like this is all delicious, so. I've genuinely had a meeting and, and said the words, I'll do anything. 
anything, but I won't eat poo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So you eat the chicken feet, you eat the eyes of fish, you eat everything like that. Yeah. So half my family is Nigerian and I go back to Nigeria every few years. And these things are delicacies, you know, one of my aunts has a cafe, a restaurant in Lagos where the only dish they sell is goat's head stew. Oh my God. And it's all the bits of the gut. So there's brain in there, eyeballs, tongue, everything. But it's yeah. all delicious if it's seasoned well. I mean, I'm not a big fan of offal, um, really. Like, I don't eat really like liver and kidneys and stuff. So how would you describe these foods? Let's start with the chicken feet. What are they like to eat? Because I'm genuinely fascinated by this. Chicken feet are more of a kind of roadside treat. Okay. As you can imagine, they're quite bony. But yeah. if they're fried, there's a nice little bit of meat on there. Sort of, you know when you're eating um, pork scratchings, if you get a packet of yes. pork scratchings, which I love, I love as a bar snack. Right. Think of it kind of like that. That right. sort of okay. sensation, but also that sort of treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have them all the time because they're really bad for you. Yeah. And you want to salt them, salt them well. Okay, see, I like offal, right? I eat liver, I eat kidneys and stuff because it's um, a nutritional powerhouse, Matt Richardson. Oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> but chicken feet, I have tried and I found them pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was in I'm a Celeb, one of my eating challenges was to eat a shark's eye, I think, if, it was, if I was correct. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely fucking hideous. Really? It popped in my mouth. It's the pop. And exploded with the most hideous stuff I've ever tasted in my life. I understand that some people really like these things and some don't. We've gotten sidetracked off the stealing it off other people's plates, which I think is probably more controversial to people. (laughs) Let's get back there. (laughs) So you were saying you work in a pub yeah, and you used to take the things off people's plates when they'd finished. So when I clear their plates, um, it's waste not one not. I take it to the kitchen, clear the plates, take off the skins... Put them in my mouth. I did this. <gasps> there you go. I was a dishwasher for many, many years in a few different restaurants and hotels. And um, when people would return food back and there'd be like loads left on the plate at the time, had no cash, yeah. was usually quite stoned and would be hungry. And would, I would see the food on the plate and just go, mm, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do this too. But I don't know whether or not I would eat the skin that someone had taken off of the fish. I actually think that that's the best thing you can do because everything else has probably touched their mouth. Right. Or yeah, their yeah, hands, yeah. you're right. You know, the rest of the leftovers may well have been more fingers or their hands, whereas the skin, they tend to remove that first. So it's not even touched the knife and fork that's even been in their mouth yet. They just, they've got rid of it. So that's, to me, the cleanest possible offshoot. Yeah, you're right. The thing is, look, I think eating the skins and stuff, that's great, but eat all that. But I do have a block off eating off other people's plates that I don't know. And I don't know why, because like you're saying this, like it's waste not, want not. Yeah. They haven't even touched it. However, when they finish it, it's been sat there for a while. Yeah. You know, when you go to a restaurant and they don't clean your plates for a while. They like leave them there for ages. That makes me feel a bit grim. Like it makes, I don't want to see the food anymore. So I think the fact it's sat in front of them for ages yeah. would be the thing that would concern me more than anything else. This was my impetus for being a very conscientious waitress. I was <laughs> swooping straight in there for that. They think it's because I care about them. No, 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 no. <laughs> Looking out for number one. Straight in there. <laughs> I want that shit when it's still warm. I want that place. Have you finished taking your last mouthful? Great, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you think about this then, Matt? I think it's good, bad. I mean, at the beginning, I was thinking it was weird. Yeah. But actually, the more I think about it, I did it too. Like, um, like I would eat chips. Yeah. I would even eat the pastry left over from a pie that someone would leave on their plate. Yeah, same. Oh, really? I would eat lots, and it annoyed me that people would waste so much. We would have a really nice time. Me and the two dishwashers, Rob and my brother, Louis, we would stand there and we'd divvy it up and it was all very fair and I'd get the skins usually. You know what? I wasn't sure about this, but you've sort of sold it to me, so I'm going to go for good, bad as well. Good, bad. Well done. Can we have your next confession, please? Yeah, well, I mentioned before that me and my brothers would fight over the fish eyes because they're sort of a delicacy. Yeah. There was something else that we fought over at dinner time, and that was the chicken spine. So the chicken, if it's prepared, if it's cooked as a whole, it has a neck and the vertebrae, and within that is the spinal cord. And we would have a challenge amongst ourselves if there were several spinal cords or we'd do one a night. Um, Who could (laughs) suck the spinal cord out of... The neck of the chicken, fully intact. (laughs) Wow. I need more explanation about this. I mean, what the fuck do you mean by this? (laughs) (laughs) 
So I still do this even now if I'm ever preparing a chicken. Yeah. There is there is a whole spinal cord in there, in that neck, and it's it's quite a lot of fun. Fun is not the right word. It's, it's quite it's quite a challenge and a very rewarding one if you manage to get the spinal cord out intact. Now there is a technique to this. You have got to suck then break a vertebrae, then suck, then break a vertebrae, then suck, then break a vertebrae, and bit by bit it will come out. And if you can get that out intact, it's so satisfying. This is like the preamble of when someone becomes a serial killer in an ITV drama. <laughs> like, this is, like, you watch this in the first 10 minutes of the first episode and you go, that's going to be the killer. It's going to be her. She's the person that's killing everyone. <laughs> She's sucking vertebrae out of a chicken. I mean, everything about this sounds so fucking gross. It's beyond belief. <laughs> but for instance, right, so Matt knows, like, I went on an elimination diet mm. not too long ago, right? I had some allergic reactions to some things. And so I went on what is called a carnivore diet for 30 days where I just ate meat. I read loads about it. And a few people are really big into the stuff that we waste from animals. Yeah. And a lot of them are mm. stuff like the shit that you suck out. <laughs> so, like, people really love this stuff. Apparently it's really good for you. And we miss this now in our diets because everything we buy is in a plastic tray. There's loads of good bits like that. You're so right. There's the marrow of obviously more mammal bones. And, yeah. and my mum is the worst. Like if you're sitting at a dinner table with her and there's any meat with quite hefty bones, she will chew it right down till it's shredded on the plate. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah, like a giraffe. Um, you know how giraffes do that? No. No, what do giraffes uh, they do? They chew bones because they need to get extra calcium because they have so many bones themselves. Oh, I bet you look at a giraffe and you're like, one day <laughs> I'm going to suck all that out your neck. Yeah, what a set of vertebrae they have. Yeah, you love to yeah. suck some giraffe. Giraffe vertebrae, wouldn't you, Vic? <laughs> Never take Vic on safari. Jesus. I love that. They actually only have six vertebrae, same as a human. Really? But they're just really big, yeah. Yeah. But the amount of sucking that you could do. Have you ever done this when you've been cooking for somebody and they've been like, sorry, what did you just, what just happened there with the neck? No, I wouldn't be doing it while I'm cooking. It's very much after. It's, it's once you've got the carcass. Okay. Yeah, if you're heading to then make, say, a soup out of the leftover, yeah. Right. Or more likely, the most likely scenario I'd find myself in is if we've prepared a roast chicken. Yeah. Um, and the carcass is sitting there on the table. Yeah. That's when I come in for sucky sucky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> the thing with this is, is I eat meat, but, like, the more it's like the animal, the more it kind of, like, weirds me out a bit. Mm, so I've got really? the opposite problem of you in, in that, like, I can't even touch raw chicken. Like, raw chicken makes me feel, like, really? absolutely bizarre. Like, I, I can't go near it. Yeah, I have to. I get a knife and a fork to cut yeah. raw chicken. You're one of them. So, I mean, look, you know when people say, oh, yeah, I eat meat, like, you really eat meat. Like, yeah, it'd be well, a long way for you to go to veganism. Kind of the opposite to you, actually. My, my grandma and a lot of my relatives in Nigeria, they won't eat meat if it doesn't look like the animal. So anything processed, like sausages, bacon, mints, they're like, no, right. what is that? That's not the meat that I know and I'm, I'm dubious of it yeah, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. completely the opposite yeah right oh, see I really like the waste not want not thing but I don't necessarily think you have to suck it out do you no that's more for fun that's the weird bit here that's for fun yeah. <laughs> that's fun that's for fun <laughs> <laughs> Did you all do this as well? Is this a whole family game? Yeah, if there were enough necks in the chicken. So my mum, if we were having like okra soup or something, she would keep several necks in there um, and we'd hopefully all have one, me and my three brothers, and it would be a competition. So who can get the longest bit of spine out? I mean, at one point, I'd just gone, look, we need to just buy the kids kaplunk. <laughs> They're doing this for fun. Very much, we did not have a television growing up. So, Oh, oh is that, okay. <laughs> look, think... now you've said that, that explains a lot more. You... Puts a lot in yeah. perspective. Yeah, 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 fine. Okay, I understand now. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, you know what, then fine. Knock yourself out with the chicken necks. What do you think, Matt? I think this is good, bad. I mean, it's fucking weird, but if I, if I saw you doing it, I'd be like, what is going on? But actually, what you're doing is good. I think it's good, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Good for who? <laughs> well, good for you. I'm sure there's some nutrition in that in that vertebrae juice. <laughs> if I'm going to think about other, you know, the context of other things on this podcast, we've gone, look, it's fucking weird, but you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. It's got to be good, bad. Okay. I just think when you decide to do that in a new relationship is a really tricky decision for you, I think. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I won't do it in a new relationship. Mean, no, I think you should. Yeah. Like, it's it's part of you. You know, it's part of your, it's part of your story. Thanks, and man. I like that about you. It could be a real good test as to whether they're the one. Yeah. If you do that, second date, you go, right, now I'm going to suck the vertebrae out of his chicken. You know, <laughs> it could be... You know, if he stays, he's a keeper. If he yeah, goes, keeper, it was yeah. never meant to be. Also, I'm not going to pretend that if you decided to have a dinner party and we were all there 
and you know I'd had some wine and things that you went we're all going to suck the vertebrae out of a chicken neck now that I wouldn't be like I'm up for that for a laugh yeah let's go for it and secretly quite enjoy doing it yeah that's why I use the word fun because I think we could have some fun maybe there's a job for you in production on I'm a Celebrity (laughs) coming up with the trials picking parts of your youth and going well we're just going to do this now oh I really appreciate I feel like you've given me a little bit relationship advice as well this has been nice thank you I mean I'm absolutely rancid and I've been with someone for six years so I feel very qualified to uh to say that you know i mean i do all sorts yeah i don't even just pick my nose now i pick my nose and go that's a good one isn't it so like i think that chicken necks are probably no worse than that yeah because you eat the bum poos i eat the bum poos i don't (laughs) care Can we have your next confession, please? Okay, well, this is still along the culinary vein. <laughs> when no one was watching, um, when we were a little bit younger, I'm not going to lie and say I still do this now because I do think it is disgusting, but I loved it at the time. Uh, me and my brother used to hide behind the sofa with OXO cubes, which we would put in our mouths, crush them up, mix them with our saliva and make what we like to call mouth soup. Now, Matt, this is the one that Vic told me when I was kind of like, oh, me and Matt Willis are doing this podcast. You'd be really cool to come on. It's about the weird things you get up to. And she went, oh, mouth soup! Like that, like it was a revelation. So I have heard this before, but I don't have much context. So we need to find that together. I mean, it's quite an intense soup. Yeah, yeah, very strong. It's very strong. Very strong. I loved it. Really? It was such an exciting part of the week. We'd do it like every week. <laughs> we, it, I mean, conspired together. It was like our time together, me and Louis. And we went to the same place every time. In our house in Heaton in Newcastle, we had like this bay window and the sofa was in front of it. So there was a little gap between the window and the sofa. We'd climb down the back of there, which for, for us felt like a safe haven like this little den yeah we take our oxo cubes and we just crumble them into our mouth mouth soup time mm-hmm. and the saliva just makes the liquid and that was something to enjoy to look forward to would it be a whole cube in the mouth uh yeah usually otherwise we get found out because there'd be half cubes around right <laughs> if that wasn't a risk then maybe it would have been better if they weren't whole cubes because yes they were potent but, <laughs> but they, we did what we had to do i feel like this might be another no television event <laughs> It's quite curious that you've ended up in television. Yeah. Is it because you used to present the OXO Cube Mouth Suit Olympics? <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sofa with me, Vic, and Louie. Coming up, we're doing a chicken stock. But before that, here's a vegetable. We were so creative. I think, yes, I also think that genuinely, because I grew up without a TV, it's remained this mythical, magical box that I was so fascinated by that I wanted to crawl into it and get to know how it worked because it just wasn't a part of my life. And you did? Yeah, I genuinely think that's why I work in it. When did you first get a TV? We used to live in the centre of Newcastle until I was about 10, so we had one then. And then we moved out into the countryside. So from the age of 10 up to the age of 18, we just didn't have a television. My mum and dad just didn't put one in the house. We just played outside and that. Fair um, enough. And then when I came to London, first few years didn't have a TV. It wasn't until, I would say about seven years ago, I got one. Really? That's really interesting. Wow. Not that long ago. No, not really. Like, you didn't have a television when you'd started working in television? No. No. I mean, I watched it. I obviously watched it on your laptop and that when you were at uni, particular shows that I liked. Or if I was in the gym, I'd watch T4 on the treadmill. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I think I explains it. It's just, I find it so exciting. And I think it's because I didn't have it. I'd go around to friends' houses and see it and be like, it's amazing. It's still a novelty to you. Such a novelty. I love watching the way it all comes together. Yeah, the way yeah, everyone yeah. does does whatever they do to, to their, and they're incredible at their craft, whether it's the people working with the cameras or hair and makeup. But it, and it all comes together and it makes this magical entertainment. I, I really do find it fascinating. It is. I mean, it is cool. TV is cool. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, fair enough. When it comes to the mouth soup, which we have to get back to at some point. (laughs) We do, yeah, it's true. The mouth soup, to me, is a little bit weird. Mm. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Look, I kind of get it. Like, I, I really, I mean, I like OXO cubes and stuff, obviously, but like, I will always make it so like, it's sort of, there's a bit of it in it still, like I put too much in. Right. The one question I have about this is, where would you rank the flavours of OXO? I'm not sure we really thought about it. I assume we probably liked beef best. Yeah. Okay, fine. But I'm, now I think about it, the funniest thing about the whole scenario was that once it's in your mouth, you can't talk to each other. You can't say anything. <laughs> so our mouths would just be closed and we're swilling around this mouth soup and just kind of raising our eyebrows at each other and, and giving each other little glances of, this is good, isn't it? <laughs> How long would you hold it in your mouth for? A little while. Until <laughs> it was dissolved, that. I can imagine. <laughs> And have you done this as an adult? Right. Have I done it? Yes, I have tried it. I was, I, was telling, I was telling someone about it and they were like, you did what? And I thought, you know what? I best see if it still holds the excitement. And I can tell you now it does not. It is disgusting. I'm very sad that we're underprepared right now. We all don't have an OXO cube to make the mouth soup happen. <laughs> If OXO don't get in touch with you for some sort of Instagram mm. hashtag ad thing now, they are really missing a trick, I think. They want to get in on the influencer game mm. and just get everyone making mouth soup. It's going to be the new TikTok craze. Yeah, and it's very boomerangable, if you think about it. Just, <laughs> just, just, just swilling it around, doing a little gargle while raising your eyebrows up and down. That's a boomerang. <laughs> I've rude. never heard anyone say very boomerangable. I've never said like, it before today. <laughs> It's very boomerangable. You should just get into social media marketing. You really should. Just be like, yeah, I'm in charge of boomerangs and what's boomerangable. Do you remember Bovril? Yes. Yes, I do. That's, that's basically, basically it. it. That's, that's basically that's it, is, right? basically, yeah. It's just really strong. So it's like Bovril with this much water. Yeah, the thing is, is the ratios. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. Bovril. Yeah, same. Yeah. So maybe I'm missing a trick. I'm going to fucking OXO cube my mouth up today. Yeah, try it. I'm going to make some mouth soup. Yeah. I think with this as well, like when you're a kid especially, like there's loads of things you eat that are disgusting. Like kids don't want to eat anything unless it's a bit weird like that. Oh my God, this is really bad. So what I used to do... Oh, I've heard you be really bad. So for you to say this is really bad means it's fucking bad. I would eat biscuits and then spit it back out onto the rest of the biscuit and then eat that. And I also used to eat skips... I would make them liquidy in my mouth and then spit it into another skip and then eat that skip with the melted skip in it. So it's kind of like a similar thing. I think so. It's not a similar thing. Well, you're using your saliva as a sort of enzyme, I guess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you for making it sound (laughs) sciencey. But I do think that there was something in chewing something then taking it out and thinking that you were then using like a dough or you'd made it. Like, yeah, I remember exactly. thinking that we were almost cooking by spitting out food, which is mad. I don't Never know. do celebrity bake-off, Vic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, how do you feel about this? I don't know. I feel like this one's worse for some reason, but I'm not sure why. I think because you were doing it with someone else and looking at them and raising your eyebrows in approval makes it somehow okay. <laughs> Yeah, the fact you did it with someone else and you looked at each other and raised your eyebrows as if, mmm, this is good, mm, <laughs> makes it entertaining, funny and okay to me. So it's also good, bad, Ooh. I think. What do you think, Matt? I think this is a quite interesting episode because everything you've said so far, initially I've thought bad, bad, mm. and then I've kind of come round to the idea as you've talked about it and gone, actually, 
I would do this. This is the kind of thing that I would do now. Just like while you're cooking, like grab a bit of the stock cube if it's crumbled off and put it in your mouth just because it tastes really nice and intense. So I think good, bad as well. Sorry. I actually withheld one thing. Oh. I thought maybe this is too disgusting. But then since you said that both of these things are good, bad, I feel ready to divulge. Okay. I feel like this might be because it's on the same vein as eating and eating leftovers. So I have on two occasions. Why am I telling you this? I don't need to. Anyway. Definitely have to. (laughs) I have eaten out of the bin. Your own bin or a a public bin? public bin. Whoa, whoa, no! whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God, Vic! <laughs> I didn't need to okay. tell you! Wait, so you, you, you so didn't need to tell us this, but oh, you have. Vic. So, oh, so no. on two occasions... Okay, so on the first occasion, it actually wasn't that bad. Um, it was our house bin, and my housemate had thrown out some of her food, and I saw her doing it, so when she left the kitchen, because I had no money at the time, I just went in and I got it out and I ate it. What was that food? What was that food? <laughs> of polenta (laughs) (laughs) I mean the difference between you having no money and her having fucking polenta (laughs) it's a tray of polenta (laughs) you ate bin polenta (laughs) leftover bin polenta (laughs) oh my god and I think this is worse and I'm only saying this because we did talk about leftover fish and and chicken skins being a restaurant yeah feel free go ahead (laughs) don't know if that's going to redeem this but feel free to tell us can you remember when before Ubers, we all used to get several night buses to get home and there was yes. always that interchange at Tottenham Court Road where everyone was waiting and you could be driving for hours on several night buses. And yep. Anyway, so I remember waiting at that interchange and my friends are no longer there. It's like 2am, I need to get back to Holloway. I'm hungry, I've got no money, I'm drunk. And I see this guy with a kebab and he doesn't eat much of it and then he just throws it in the bin and gets on the bus and I just stayed so close behind him and followed him um, eating his kebab until he threw it in the bin. And as soon as he got on that bus, I put my hand in and got it out and I finished it off for him. See, I think because you saw him throw it away, that's just a free kebab, if I'm honest. like I, That's what I thought at the time. If you're kind of walking past a bin and the thing is there and you've not seen it be disposed of, I think that's probably... As you saw him chuck it in there, by any chance, did you see anything else around it when you picked it up? I did not, no, I didn't. There wasn't know. like a banana skin or like some, or a used condom in there or no, anything? No, I don't know because no. I couldn't see because it was dark and it was one of those bins that has, you know, the, the hat, the lid on. Okay. So I had to put right, okay. Mm. It's one of those things as well, isn't it? Like, I think, you know, when it's like manslaughter because of diminished responsibility, I feel like this is disgusting from diminished responsibility because you were drunk, so it's kind of not your fault. It's not my fault. No. You're not to be blamed for this. My risk to take. Yeah, exactly. Look, We've all done silly things when we're drunk. Like, you know, I mm. think this is probably one of the least disgusting things I've done when I was drunk. So you've kind of gotten away with it there. Have I? It's fine. Don't worry about it. Fantastic. But thank you for getting it off your chest. Yeah. We really appreciate that voluntary information. I needed to share. So this is the type of thing I've been holding back from years of dating. I'll maybe keep that one to yourself on dates if I were you. But thanks. Can we have your next confession, please? Yeah, so I um, I fold down the pages of books when I'm reading them um, for quotes um, or lines or words that I think are beautiful or that resonate okay. um, or that articulate things or feelings that I've had but haven't been able to describe. Yeah. And then I go through at the end of having read that book and I write all those words and quotes down and I read them every now and again and then just pass them off as my own in everyday life or even in my own writing in actual articles that I've written commissioned for magazines it's bad that I mean this is plagiarism almost like this is and I shouldn't have said it it's plagiarism classic but don't we all just do this isn't everything we pass off just other people's opinions? Once an idea is out in the world, it's then in your head. It is, an, it is something that you genuinely think. Yeah. I mean, it's intellectual property, yes, but then it's just intellect. I do this. My guilty thing about this that's not dissimilar is I would never steal another comedian's jokes ever. Like, it's really frowned upon. Of course. And there's many that I've seen and wish that I'd come up with, but you don't go and use them. However, when I'm hanging around with my friends... I will do other comedians' jokes all the time and pass them off as my own in conversation. So... I totally get this. Yeah. I love doing this and I cannot right, help myself. Right, okay. So there's a couple in particular. There's a guy called Gary Delaney who does one-liners. He's very good. And if I'm in a situation like his one-liners, I'll use when I'm down at the pub and everyone thinks, God, Matt's full of these bloody zingers, <laughs> but none of them are mine. <laughs> I do this. And also, um, a few years ago, when I was kind of like in a very emotional stage of my life, I read Perks of Being a Wallflower 
And didn't I just highlight that book to death because it really spoke to me on a deeper level? Yeah. So I relate to this more than anything you've said so far, I would say. This really has resonated quite personally with me, Vic. Yeah, and that's the beauty of literature. So at the moment, I'm working um, for the Women's Prize for Fiction. I've been working for them for several years, curating like the Young Adults Reading List and working with young girls to get them into writing and reading. And I currently am a judge for, for the competition this year, which means that we have hundreds of books and I have, we each get an allocation, there's five of us who are judges, we each get an allocation. I've got an allocation of 57 books to read oh my God. in two months. Shit. Yeah. In two months? Yeah, I'm currently 34 in. Oh my God. Is that just like you just sit and read for hours a day? That's my job at the moment, is just doing that. I just read and read and read. So there's a lot of stimulus and there's a lot of, of, of content, as it were. But I think it, I do think it's different with books and with literature to what you're describing with jokes because it's ideas being put out into the world and you're supposed yeah. to be be learning from that or growing from it or seeing your experiences. Absolutely. Sometimes experiences in life are so ephemeral and you don't and you don't realise that there's a way of describing that. You don't realise that anyone else has felt that and there's such a special feeling when you realise that on the page of a novel someone else has felt that thing that you felt when you were wh- however old and you find solace in that and that's what they're supposed to do. So I think it's okay. Word for word, you know, using it in your writing, probably not so much, but I like to hold on to these things. I have to say that is one of the most beautiful ways someone has talked about literature within half an hour of mentioning that she's eaten from a bin. (laughs) You know what, Vic? You're nothing if not light and shade. There's so many layers to you, Vic. Yeah, it's so great. I love it, I love it. I could not feel more inadequate right now in this conversation because me and Matt have talked quite a lot about this. I have never read a book in my entire life. Never one. Why, why is that? Matt has recently given me one to read. I've got it on the shelf. It's called um, called Kill Your Friends, I think it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the bookshelf. But I'd just like to add, I have a bookshelf filled with books, <laughs> filled with books that I have bought and promised myself I'm yeah. going to read. I'm going to do it. And I've started them, not finished them. I've read, well, I say that, I've read probably 30 nutritional books yeah. <laughs> about, about food and stuff. But like then I can kind of skim through and kind of get what I want. But I've never read a book, a regular book about a story ever. Really? Yeah. Ever. I'm really missing out, aren't I? What about with the kids? Are you like, do you sit and read them like Harry Potter and things like that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well no, we read we read bedtime stories. They're like a fucking 10 page book. No, but book. that's still a book. It's still a book. Still a book. Still reading. Oh, well, then I've read books. You've read books. Yeah. And no spoilers, Matt. I want to find out how hungry that caterpillar was <laughs> for myself. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I read the dinosaur that pooped a planet the other night. It was fucking riveting. You know what? Sometimes I know loads of people who are in television that are writing kids' books now, and it feels like you can just write them about, like a dinosaur that pooped a planet. Like I yeah. pitched once a children's book, and they're like, oh, what's your book about? And I was like, oh, it's about a boy who was so thirsty he drank the ocean and then walked around and saw like what was under the ocean. And they're like, no, that's a bit too weird for me. What? And I was like, well, you can piss off because people write about all sorts of nonsense for kids. It's true. It's true. I don't begrudge that because I know a lot of people get a bit like, oh, you know, celebrities writing books that you know what it's putting um proper authors or writers out of work but I, I actually just think no it's fair enough if it's going to get kids reading and it's going to get them enjoying absolutely all I, all I care about is like little kids being able to feel that feeling of being excited when they read a book and and can't yeah. wait to get to the end of it and that feeling is so special yeah. and whoever's written it it's, it sort of doesn't matter and, and if if that platform is going to get them Reading Agreed. Yeah. Do you have any particular quotes that you've read that really stand out for you that you could tell us now? Okay, so this is from Zadie Smith's On Beauty, and I'm pretty sure I used a version of this in an article about learning to love your own company. <sighs> and so it happens again. The daily miracle whereby interiority opens out and brings to bloom the million petaled flower of being here in the world with other people. Neither as hard as she had thought it might be, nor as easy as it appeared. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Zadie was amazing, but I find that with her books, of which I have read many, um, I find that there's more pages turned down in these than anything else. This was the first time that I read a book, and it wasn't this one, it was Swing Time by Zadie Smith, where I I saw on the pages of that book myself, um, I saw a mixed-race girl from a background that was similar to mine with her parents the same way round as mine, which is weird. I don't know if you've seen Doc Brown tell this joke, because he's obviously Zadie Smith's 
brother yeah, yeah, yeah. about it being a different way of being mixed race that we don't really see represented so much. And I just remember being like, oh my God, how does she, how does she know me? Everything about this girl felt the same, the way that she thought and the way that she felt. And that was a really special moment. So yeah. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. Whenever I read a book and there's a character like me, I'm like, well, but I'm special. So <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm not reading this anymore. <laughs> I'm literally unique and the best person in the world. So uh, what the fuck's going on in this book? <laughs> I think this is great. Like, I love this. I, especially this year, my New Year's resolution was to read like I read a bit but like I want to read loads more so I like this and if I do find things in books I I do go oh my god I love this I need to come back to this but I mean yeah I I think this is amazing like this is inspirational yeah it's great that you're trying to get people to read and like people should talk about reading more so I think this isn't even good bad this is sort of beyond that for me but good bad all round oh thank you thank you what about you Matt I mean I'm a songwriter who has stolen so much fucking shit from other people (laughs) and lives in a house that is paid for by shit. Do you know what? The other day I realised, right, there's a line in Year 3000, right, um, that goes, and your great-great-great-granddaughter is pretty fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I realised the other day, because my daughter now is watching Friends, and there's an episode in Friends when Joey goes up up on some steps into a spaceship and as he's leaving, he turns to the girl who he's dating and goes, and you tell your great, great, great granddaughter to look me up because I'm going to want to meet her. And I was like, oh, I've ripped that off of that. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. So, you know, it just never ends. Amazing. I'm constantly ripping shit off, so um, I love it. I need to read. I need some more fucking material. I'm, I'm telling you, Matt, yeah, there's mate. so much material in books as well. Okay, great. Like dystopian books mm. and all that shit. You can rip it all off, mate. Rip it I off. I cannot wait for the next Busted album. Uh, I'm not sure how much Busted fans would think of that. Busted and the Prisoner of Azkaban, <laughs> the next album's going to be called. Good one. We'll see. <laughs> good bad. Good bad all round. Yes, good bad for me. Well done. <laughs> Can we get your next confession, please? I do not save the numbers of people that I date um, until months into the relationship, if ever, if if at all, really. Right. Why? Is this a fear of commitment? It's absolutely a fear of commitment. I also think I have a bit of a superstition because in the past, when I have saved a phone number of someone I've been messaging, um, as soon as I save it, they stop messaging. Really? But I don't know if it's just because I've cared to the point where I thought, mm. oh, yeah, let me save that because I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing back from them. Then I've got expectations of hearing back from them. So it strikes me more that it's bad when they don't. But for whatever reason, I've now got to a point where I just don't save them. And it does mean that whenever I pick up the phone to someone that I should, you know, I should know, uh, I'm like, hello? And they're like, it's me. It's, I saw you yesterday. <laughs> we've been dating for four months been, yeah. I think that's quite good because when you're dating someone you want to seem like you're cool and you're not too into yeah. it so you calling up and being like hi who's this like that must drive them wild yeah. with desire I'm keeping it blasé yeah do you get to a point anyway where you just you know their like last three numbers when it comes up on screen so it sort of doesn't really make a difference I just sort of t- I, t- I guess it's them because they're calling it a certain time when no one else would Okay. Um, and also WhatsApp does a thing where it, it tells you on your screen when it flashes up as a notification the name of the person if they've put that into their whatsapp so i know more or less who it's gonna be yeah 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 it's a superstition i just feel like i don't want to appear overly keen and yeah. not just to them because they don't know if i've saved the number or not and they don't care it's it's i don't want to seem overly keen to myself i don't want right to put okay. into my own head that i care enough because then i've set myself up for being hurt i think to an extent that's really interesting i mean there's a lot in this i think yeah but i'm quite a superstitious person i think i've got a few weird superstitions about certain things so i kind of do get this and even though I know they're probably not true I think it's just better to err on the side of caution my big thing is if I do a gig and it doesn't go well I will never wear any of those items of clothing on stage again ever really right if I really bomb I'll be like well because I was wearing something like I've got a real thing about clothing and stuff like that and what I wear in situations that have gone badly and they're bad luck now so I sort of get that if you're saving it and it's not going well that you then try to avoid that. And there's something about being confronted with their name on your screen. If it's not going well from your side, you know, you're just not that into it. I just don't want to see their name. It feels like it's it's rubbing it in. That's totally logical to me. Yeah. It brings them to life to you. Whereas if they're just a number, then you're like, oh, they're just, just this random number. Which sounds really harsh. And it's not because I think of them like that. It's honestly, it's self-preservation. Fine. I've been ghosted that many times that I'm just like, I don't, I don't want this to be real. 
in some ways. Right, okay. This has gotten quite deep, this one. This is quite interesting. Yeah. This is quite deep, this is. Yeah. It's a fear of rejection. It's a fear of being ghosted. I mean, I'm a very unsuperstitious person. I don't think I have any superstitions. No, like, weird things about going on stage at gigs and stuff? I used to. I used to. But they all nearly killed me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop doing them. And then you realised you were just saying they were your superstitions so you could continue doing them. Yeah, exactly. No snow, no show. Didn't really work too well for me. Look, if I don't have 12 beers before this... (laughs) Yeah, so no, I don't really have any of those anymore. Okay, interesting. And also, I will categorically not pick up a call if it doesn't say who it is. Yeah. Is that why you never pick up to me? Because you've never saved my number. Yes. And that's not a fear of rejection. That's just... That's self-preservation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, if a phone number calls me and it doesn't say who it is, I ain't picking it up. Yeah. If it's... A, <laughs> this is really bad. If it's an unknown number, or if it's a number that I don't recognise that flashes up on my phone and it's a mobile number, I will, nine times out of ten, assume it's someone that I've dated... <laughs> really you know what the worst thing is i've been dating someone right um i'm not gonna say who but they got wind of the fact that i hadn't saved their number because they did a little bit of very simple detective work and were like you never seem to know it's me when i call you and i went oh yeah i haven't saved your number and they were like oh so then i saw them we were sitting having dinner and um he called me at the table and he went, ha, I knew it. <laughs> and that's when I knew, you're, in, you're insane. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I would be bothered if I was dating someone and they hadn't saved my number. But he was really bothered. He waited to see my, he phoned me at the dinner table, saw it flash up as just a number and he went, I knew it, you haven't saved my number. I am also terrible. Like there's loads of people that say I've been working with, like on a recent job. So I'm doing something at the moment and I'm working with someone every single day and I haven't saved their number. Like, and I just know that we kind of talk about work things and I'm like, well, we're probably not going to text for that long. And I, so I might not need to save it. And I just kind of know who you are. Yeah. So it's sort of fine. Like, so I don't save numbers all the time. I save everybody's number. Do you? Instantly. Because otherwise I won't pick up to them. It's making your life easier, to be honest. It is making my life easier. And also, if um, for, for instance, right, if I'd started dating someone and if it was like the second date, I'd understand. If it had been a few and they hadn't saved my number, I'd be like, this person doesn't give a fuck about me. Yeah, I think that's how he felt. And it's not true at all. It's honestly, that's how it's been for everyone. The, the last guy that I really liked, and this was a while ago, I really liked, was so tentative about it for so long. And then I did save his number. And then we went on holiday. And then he ended it. It was over. And I was like, and I knew... On holiday? Uh, well, as soon as we got back. And I knew, I knew then that I will never save a number again. Are you sure it was the number and not the fact that you were sucking chicken necks out of carcasses <laughs> in the restaurants? And eating out of the bin on the beach. Maybe we don't need to look at the saving numbers. We need to look at, like, some of your behaviour. That's probably the issue here. Oh, my God. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel a bit sad for you in some way. In some way. I think you deserve to save the number. Oh, because, you know, yeah. I don't think it's that you need to worry about yeah no Um, i don't believe in superstition anyway in fact i go out of my way to step on three drains now (gasps) if i see three drains even if they're across the road i'll walk over to them i can't believe you do that i also do it to freak emma out emma's some fucking weird saluting at birds person and yes i salute every time i see a magpie i salute it and i say hello mr magpie how's your wife today what (laughs) when i see a magpie i salute it what do you say say, hello mr magpie how's your wife today I don't know, that's just something you have to do. Does the magpie think you're coming on to him? That's a bit of a weird thing to say. <laughs> I was just always told, was always told that's what you said. Yeah, I've got a few weird things, but not loads of them. Like, so I think I kind of get, so I do get it. Like if, and especially if you've kind of made that link, it's really hard to shake that feeling. So I understand, but you know what? I'm with Matt. I think you do deserve to save numbers. I don't think it's your problem that this is happening. It's not because you're not saving the numbers. do it now? Yeah, whoever you're dating at the moment, save their number. Okay, let's save his number right now. Go for it. It's a freeing moment. Oh, I don't like looking at that. Done. Right, okay. (laughs) Save the number. We're going to check back on you in three weeks. If this is still going okay, then I feel like we may have solved a life problem for you. Yeah, Yeah. and if it's over, we'll know that the superstition was correct and you ruined my relationship. Exactly. And you can blame Matt Richardson. (laughs) Yep, there's plenty more fish in the sea, so don't worry about it. This, unfortunately, was bad, bad. For you. I think this was good, bad. I understand this, but hopefully it's been resolved. So I'd say to be determined on this one. To be determined, yeah, yeah, to be determined. So um, I think overall, Vic, you've done pretty well out of this. I mean... (laughs) Considering how disgusting you are, you've done really well. 
my perception of you as someone that I've known you for quite a long time, I suppose, is stylish, together, intelligent, funny. Yeah. And now I just think, oh, yeah. I, I still don't judge her. And she's absolutely horrendous. Like, she's awful. Yeah. There's all this underlying sense of grimness to you that is actually fine. It's You've really justified yourself. I really like that description. That can go on my gravestone. Underlying sense of grimness that's actually fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something that everyone can take away from it for their lives, you know? Thank you so much, Vic. What are you up to at the moment? What can people see of yours? So I do a radio show every Sunday on BBC Radio 1 called Life Hacks. Lovely. Me and lovely Katie Thistleton, it's a show um, dealing with issues affecting young people, whether it's their mental health or relationships or um, careers. Um, And then I do the official chart first look on Sunday afternoons as well on Radio 1. Amazing. Um, Yeah. So just, oh, and I've got a new book out, children's book. Oh, right. Great. What's it called? (laughs) It's called Shout Out. Brilliant. Vic, honestly, thank you. That was so great. Thanks very much, Vic. Thanks for having me. I'm so worried that I've given too much away, but it's fine. It's fine. Well, there we go. That was Vic. Absolutely great, wasn't she? She is great. Do you know what? I really enjoy her voice. I could listen to her speak all day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what she's got a good voice for? Radio 4. Yeah. I mean, she's still on Radio 1, you know, so I think she'll kind of live that dream for a while. But she's clever enough to do Radio 4. You know, you could do both. And cool enough to do Radio 6. Yeah. You know, she's kind of got it all going. Not surprised she's on BBC Radio. I would love to be that cool. Yeah. Look, if you enjoyed Vic, you can sign up to our Patreon, obviously, at patreon.com forward slash WNOW. And if you sign up as a Total Wrong'un, the first episode of our spin-off podcast is up there, which is called Total Wrong'uns. Basically, Matt and I got left without a producer for an hour and we could do whatever the fuck we liked. Yeah. And it's, I think it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Do you know what I like? You know when you come up with an idea and you're like, shall we do it? And everyone's like, yeah, and it never fucking happens because it's a stupid idea. No, no. This was one of those ideas that I expected that to happen to, but it's, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> and we did it, and it's out there. So you can go and listen to that. If you sign up, you get that exclusively every single month. And follow us on social media as well. We're WNOW Podcast everywhere. Do you want to know who's on next week, Matt? I'd love to know who's on next week. I've got a list, actually. What, a list of all the people that are coming up? Yes. Great, exciting. Let me have it, Matt. Next week is comedian, podcaster himself, Ed Gamble. Yes, amazing. Very exciting. Off Menu is his podcast, isn't it? Off Menu, which is a huge podcast. Huge podcast. Amy Hart from Love Island's coming up. Yes. Edith Bowman. Yes, amazing. We're fucking cool, aren't we? Mate, we've got some good fucking bookings. I mean, listen to that shit. Who are we? Giovanna Fletcher. I mean, fucking hell, man. Only queen of the castle. Feels like the woman of the moment. The woman of the moment and of the people. Yeah, yeah. She won the country's heart. Just like you did all those years ago in the jungle. Yeah. I faked it well, didn't I, man? <laughs> yeah. If people only listen to this, they might take that <laughs> crown off you. So they're the ones coming up. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and see you next week. Peace. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.